0: Welcome to I'm Obsessed With This, a Netflix podcast about the films and TV series everyone seems to be watching on Netflix. Over the past couple weeks, those titles have been the Netflix original series Umbrella Academy and Dating Around, the Netflix original film High Flying Bird, and especially last night, Roma. And we are all going to discuss why. There will be spoilers in these conversations, so check the show notes for timestamps in case you want to avoid certain segments. But first, let's meet Charles and Megan. Hello, Charles and Megan. Oh, hey. Hello. How's the kombucha? I mean, it's, enough? It's very spicy. <laughs> <laughs> but is it good? Do you like it's it? It's delicious. Yeah. Megan, how's your nothing?
1: I, <laughs> I regret not requesting a kombucha. Why didn't you? I, was, I don't know. Because I, I panicked. Made, it, Bobby? I made it very clear. You did. Any beverage. I know. Again, and I panicked. Why did you panic? Though? I don't. I, I panic what one would you have to chosen? three times. Probably a kombucha. This is my favorite kind of kombucha. It's oh. the best
0: one. Gingerade. I won't say the brand because I don't want to act like we're this is an ad. But you can guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like,
1: the one you see everywhere.
0: You can guess. Uh, it's but kombucha. I could talk about kombucha for a long time, which is disgusting. And I know that <laughs> I have to stop myself now. Okay. Um, I have a kombucha kit that I have not even started using yet. Oh, I got it as a Christmas present. Do you I trust yourself to make it, though? It f- <laughs> kind of freaks me out, but I want to try it. Do like, they
1: give you the mother?
2: I gonna I kind of say like you have to, have to cultivate little... the mother. It's like a little, it's like a Sco... little metroid and you have to it's just disgusting. like grow it. Have okay. you seen Pacific Rim 2? No. I was no. watching I it. I on saw the pl- one. I was watching it on the plane last night. So you remember how like Charlie Day like links his mind up with like yeah. the the thing. What? It's a it's a big part of the second movie
0: and you see it in a tank and I'm like, "Oh, it's a kombucha mother." <laughs> <Just> like... <laughs> <laughs> see if I had known Pacific Rim 2 and were about a kombucha mother, I would have got my ass in the seat. It's... I don't know. There's Maybe. still time. You can still watch it. It sounds like Enough about kombucha, Enough which about kombucha. I feel like is not the last time I'll be saying that in the course of this podcast. <laughs> um, before we move on to the Oscars, which I think is number one topic of discussion this mm. week, I want to talk about something that we open every show with, which is what is next on your Netflix list. Okay. What are you watching next, Megan?
1: What am I watching next? I think having just torn through Instant Hotel, mm-hmm, great. which is phenomenal. It's Escape to the Continent. Which is similar to Escape to the Country, which is a show about um, old British retirees who are Mm -hmm. looking for country homes. Escape to the Continent is the same formula, but they are just looking for country homes like in Europe. Okay. Okay. That is, There's like a
0: best exotic marigold hotel vibe, like yes. old British people retiring. Yes,
1: it's okay. um, I will watch as many episodes as are available to Escape me.
0: Escape to the content. Yeah,
1: it's amazing.
0: Do they sell their original homes? It, and it, then it's move?
1: yeah, they're like selling their original. They're like boring, like suburban homes, like in the middle of England, and they're looking at like. Wineries in Paris, in France, or like things in Germany, Blah. and they are often like, "Oh my God, can we rent out part of this so we can like make money because we're retirees and we, you know, we're buying this giant crumbling mansion." Mm-hmm. The hosts are very affable. I watched half of an episode and I would like to watch more. That sounds good. Um, yeah, I'm very excited. That's my sweet spot on Netflix, personally.
2: Um, what about you, Charles? So I'm coming off of watching Sex Education, mm-hmm. and oh. it's so just kind of like not heady or heavy, but I've, it's left me feeling like I needed a palate cleanser. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so next up on the queue is actually Nailed It Mexico. Oh, nice. Oh, right? Because I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm super curious to see sort of like how the formula translates for like a different audience. Mm-hmm. Obviously it's like it's not Nicole hosting it. Yeah. But right. It's kind of like you want to see if that same kind of energy mm-hmm. like resonates. I get that. Um, And also just to see like, are Americans, are we really just not crafty? Because I feel like <laughs> every time I watch Nailed It, I'm like, you guys just follow the direction. It's just like, like, like it's, right, it's right
0: there. Just do it. And there's always the one contestant who's like I'm not gonna look at the directions, and it's and like, like, what the hell Why? is wrong with do you? Do you want
2: to? Like, there's money to be won. Right. Someone's like, here, you, you bake this cake. All things being said, they're yeah. relatively simple. Fondant, you roll it out, you put it on, da 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 And I, I want this money. That. I know I'm. Just, I'm just gonna win it. Ten thousand
0: dollars.
1: I would gladly 000. follow directions for ten thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Let's
0: talk about the Oscars. Oh boy, it was a big night for Netflix in general. Denver. They won four Oscars. Mm-hmm. They won Best Cinematography, mm-hmm. Alfonso Cuaron. Best Directing, Alfonso Cuaron best foreign language film and best documentary short mm. for period end of sentence oh, so three right. romas one documentary short which was arguably one of the best speeches of the night too
1: I thought so I thought so too
0: um but what was your favorite part of the oscars what what was the big takeaway
1: The biggest takeaway for me was that it was so much better without a host I mean it was still a very long show mm-hmm. I thought and it was but it just felt like it was a lot zippier without um without a host I do also think that had Amy Poehler, Tina Fey, and Maya Rudolph decided to host the whole thing, I would not have been upset.
0: Hmm. I would not have been upset, but I would have, it would have been the same old stuff. Yeah. Like, even funny people kind of suffer in that environment. That's because true. Because you're you have all these like forced bits like we have to do another Ellen selfie. Mm-hmm. We have to really? do another thing. And they can't have... all land. And they can all land yeah. and they usually
2: don't Right. And so then like... once the momentum gets broken up then the show kind of feels That's when it like drags. it's right. And then it's like it trips over itself. Right. And then you you zoom out and you're like, oh wait, this this whole thing is ridiculous. This is the same shit that it always is. <laughs> yeah.
1: Normally around like ten thirty, ten forty five during an Oscars telecast, I am like exhausted and so angry that the host is still happening that the show is still happening (laughs) and last night around that same time i was like oh i like checked in with my like anger levels and i was like oh i'm just tired now yeah and (laughs) they were like
0: i looked down at one point and it was like there are only four awards left yeah and we've got we're making good time yeah
1: we're really just zipping along i love that
0: it was good uh best picture green book not a big fan a I was gunning for A Star Wars Born I think really? I was yeah I just like wanted it to have something Why? I wanted a surprise uh, uh, I like I mean people people just like responded to that movie in a fun way and the, and I was listening to the music in the morning and I was like this is so fun <laughs> I went into A Gunning For A Star Wars Born and then halfway through when Black Panther started winning a lot of technical yeah. awards I was like maybe Black Panther will win yeah. and so I was like maybe it will win mm. and then I realized it was not it was going to not win I win. thought for a second Black Clansman would win whenever Spike Lee went up and I was like maybe it'll win No, No. thought maybe Roma for a while because he got too. That's what I I thought. Like
2: Roma, I thought was the front runner, and then
0: people were. I saw some jokes on Twitter. Like um, I saw a good one that was after Glenn lost. Mm. It was like, quick, someone give Glenn a producer credit on Roma, (laughs) yeah, so that that she can win something, (laughs) right? Um, And I was pretty sure it would win by the end, and then a few big shocks. (laughs) What were you expecting?
2: I mean, honestly, I was expecting Roma to win just be, just looking at the Oscars as sort of like a celebration of the kinds of films that Hollywood loves. And mm-hmm. you sort of look at the front, and you sort of look at, you know, everyone who was in the running. I personally, I liked A Star is Born. Mm-hmm. I had a great time watching it. Mm-hmm. The movie doesn't do anything particularly novel compared to, you know, previous iterations, which mm-hmm. isn't a knock against it's it. It's a classic. It's a classic, yeah. but it, it is, you know, it's, it's a myth at this point. And yeah. while myths are enjoyable, I don't know that they really sort of qualify at least not for me personally, as being like best film material. Mm-hmm. Like, congratulations, Bradley Cooper. Gaga, you did great. Like, you guys <laughs> are like fab. Like, yes, more of this, please. But like, calm down. Mm-hmm. Um Green Book, again, like personal opinion, ew. No. <laughs> yeah. No. no, 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 no yeah. Like, just knowing everything that we know about Green Book mm-hmm. um, from the lack of due diligence that the producers did mm-hmm. in sort of reaching out to the Shirley family. Immediately disqualified it from any sort of recognition, which just makes the win that much more baffling. Yeah, um, I, it's 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 commonplace for the academy to be wildly out of touch with the culture, but this was an instance in which people who worked on the film were just like, "Yeah, we didn't do our jobs all that good. Yeah, what's the problem? Right, and very uh, defensive about it during this like, <laughs> apparently during the ceremony. I feel like there was a Variety report where one of the screenwriters was behind stage being oh, like yeah. something to the effect of, "I didn't even know the Shirley family That's existed," right. which yeah. is like, "Well, just, my just, dude, where did you think he came this? from? Yeah, where
1: did he spring?" And from? And that was right
2: after he said like, "Oh, I was." told explicitly by Shirley not to speak to his family. So it's like, so did you know that the family existed or not? So it's
1: that kind of thing. Just like tell the truth.
2: Right. Then you have Bohemian Rhapsody, which is a bad movie.
1: It was a terrible film.
2: It's it's an objectively bad
1: film.
0: It's the first, this is the first year in, I mean, I can't remember when that I haven't seen all the nominees. I have not seen Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, really? Yeah. I haven't seen it. Oh, honey. It's (laughs) so bad. Oh. It's so bad. Is it worth the while? Like, is it that crazy? It's almost like, Uh. it's almost like,
2: a technical achievement of madness. I saw the the editing. And the thing is, you see it online, and you're like, oh, someone's, this this can't be real, but that is it. It's, and it's real. It's, it's, it's rough, real. and it's, it hurts to look at. Mm-hmm. But if you're a Queen fan, which I feel is, that's the reason it's made so much money. Yeah, People totally. fucking love Queen. Yeah. People love Queen. And it is just Queen's greatest hits with some very um, questionable and not well-crafted narrative written around it to sort yeah. of string one
0: song together.
2: It's like yeah. a
1: concert. It's like a concert movie. And
0: like Green Book, like, questionably sourced history mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. not great I, I am and again to go back to Roma I am sort of surprised now that I think about it it's about movies in a way Mm -hmm. that hollywood loves to celebrate like it's about alfonso coron's childhood and yes it's about cleo and yes it's about these like these these women whose stories don't normally get told but it's also about alfonso coron like it's about like how i became a director and like these things that impacted you know my creative process Mm -hmm. and the things that happened in my childhood that made me the director i am today there are so many scenes that take place at the theater, Mm. like whether they're just like Cleo on a date or like the young boy watching a movie and like having his life, you know, flash before Mm -hmm. his eyes like this is what I want to do. Right.
2: And it's also a testament to the ways in which the industry is changing. Mm -hmm. You know, we all sort of when Roma first came out on Netflix and in theater simultaneously everyone's sort of like Mm. You know, lifting their nose at it and it's like, ah, oh, what's Netflix doing? But right. it's like, no, 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 you guys, like, this is a, I don't want to say this is a real film, but it's like, no, like, this is prestige film yeah. that you are meant to really sort of sit with and reflect on and sort of understand that there are layers and depths and, a degree of nuance that demands attention mm-hmm. and recognition. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that, in my mind, it's like, as a as an Academy member, that's exactly the movie that you vote for because right. it's like Taylor, like, it's, it's almost unassailable. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, you don't hear critiques about Roma all that much. You don't no. hear right. ways in which people were really let down or disappointed by right. it. And it's like, you as an Academy voter, you sort of in terms of your posturing, that's like the easy choice, just do it. Do mm-hmm. it like, oh, I voted for Roma. It's like, oh, that's right, that person gets mm-hmm. it. Yeah, it's like, oh, I voted for Green Book. Or so, oh, <laughs> quote there are quotes running in the press where it's like, I voted for Green Book because I'm tired of people telling me what to do. Okay. And like, oh god,
0: oh, every Lord. quote from Academy member quotes are always the worst, they're incredible. it's so bad. They're incredible, they're so good. Uh, but another thing about Roma and just movies in general that have sort of non-actors in the yeah. lead roles mm-hmm and there was again with Elsie Fisher in um in 8th grade mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like yeah. we was, was like like so we rude. like actors who aren't actors Yeah, like it's easier to root for them so mm-hmm. like people loved Yelitza people were so excited when mm-hmm. Marina got nominated because no one was really expecting Marina right. to be nominated right. so it's like the fact that Roma had these people that we could see ourselves mm-hmm. in was sort of a nice thing mm-hmm. too
2: it's also interesting the ways in which we sort of it's not quite the same but there was much more of a celebration of Gaga's transition into film. Yeah.
1: Uh... Gaga. in a way that
2: it hasn't been done for Yalitza in the same mm-hmm. way. It almost feels as if people expect this to be like a one and done novelty thing. Like this mm-hmm. is just sort of like her first and only outing. Oh, look, she's at the Oscars for the first time. She's having yeah. a great time. Yeah. Whoop, she savors it. <laughs> right, right, right. Whereas like, Gaga's just like, I'm just going to wear <laughs> God a backup costume, call it glamour, and you're <laughs> oh, all going g- to clap for me. Come on, come on. We've Put
0: we've like seen a moon rock look. on my neck. <laughs> yeah, we've seen <laughs> yeah. that look from her that a few it. dozen oh, yeah. times. It's I mean, trail. I would like to know, if she had been the front runner, I would like to know what she had planned to wear because there's no way she planned to wear that
1: no, and like if I she agree. thought she was going to win. No. Whereas
0: Glenn wore gold.
2: Glenn was like, I'm be fucking winning. Stage. She's like, I'm going to win this. Have you, thing. have you seen her on the carpet and just like doing? I don't even know what to call it, but just looking around dramatically oh, yes. when <laughs> and there's no one around. It's a little just like Glenn Close in the corner of the screen being <laughs> oh, like, No,
0: Ugh. like you know, it's one of those things where it's like. These people who lose when we root for them to win and they've been around forever, they will continue being around. True. Glenn Close is gonna be fine. If anyone's gonna be fine, it's Glenn Close. Very not wrong. worried yeah. about yeah. Glenn yeah. Close. Like, is is America gonna see more of Olivia Coleman? T B D will like England see her? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She's yeah. such she's, she's so prolific. There, she's in everything. Yeah. But it's like Glenn, we don't have to worry about Glenn. Um never been But uh, next up we have a surprise performance. Um please welcome to the stage, Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper <laughs> going to <laughs> they're gonna, they're, they're rolling in the piano now. We're gonna have them here. Oh, I guess I asked them I to gas- just do the same thing over again. Oh.
1: Um. oh my god, that performance! The world ends in eight days. I have no idea how to stop it. I'll
2: put on a pot of coffee, Umbrella Academy.
0: Academy. Umbrella Academy began as a comic book written by Gerard Way of My Chemical Romance fame mm-hmm. What in 2007. Wow. It was a pretty popular comic book. Um, it has now been adapted into a series on Netflix starring, among other people, Ellen Page. Okay. Um, and it's sort of an x men type story where you've got these children who were birthed from, you know, unknown origins. Like, imagine if one of us suddenly got pregnant and gave birth in a span of five seconds right horrible. now. Like if you were on the subway. And it, yes. And it happened all over the world. And there were dozens of these children who were born spontaneously. This is seven of those stories. (laughs) Seven of those children are adopted by an eccentric billionaire who dies, you know, some years later, like 20, 30 years later, at the opening of episode one. And his children, who are all these, like, sort of weird, super powery things, Mm -hmm. come together. Mm -hmm. And each of them has a power except one you know, put a pin in that. Maybe she does. She does. Um, and, I assume uh, They're such. coming together to stop the end of the world, which is, you would assume, is the, the highest stakes imaginable. I would think stop so. Stop the apocalypse.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: As many times as it's mentioned in the show, uh, it, they won't let you forget the apocalypse is coming. Yeah. Hey, did you know the apocalypse it's is coming day, eight eight days? days. <laughs> the <eight> apocalypse <laughs> is coming. Eight days. It's so, like, okay. bro, we get it.
0: Like, okay. Charles, yeah. tell us, you weren't a big fan you did read the comics. I did,
2: yeah. So did you read
0: them contemporaneously? Like, you, yeah, you were a big fan.
2: Um, I wouldn't say I was a huge fan, but I was at the ripe age where uh, Gerard Way, I was a big my chemical romance mm-hmm. fan. Gerard Way and Gabriel Bá, the illustrator on okay. it, um, who you know created the series. They were making something that really spoke to my angsty seventeen-year-old mm. self. You know, it is very much an X-Men esque comic, it, it has elements of the Avengers. It's all the motley crew thing. It's like, oh, we're a bunch of weirdos, but we saved the world. Mm. But it had. Something that really set it apart um, from something like the X-Men was that it was really um, upfront about the ways in which the mentor figure, Reginald Hargreaves, is kind of like an asshole. There's this long-standing, interesting conversation about the X-Men, about how Charles Xavier is a, like, a, a piece of shit, yeah. who recruits children to fight his war, and yes. many of them end up dying, you yes. know, and he manipulates them all and does these terrible things, and it doesn't always come to the fore in the X-Men comics, but it's something that is very much like an undercurrent. With the Umbrella Academy, It's it's text instead of subtext you know Mm -hmm. all of the kids have an understandable ambivalence about their father um they all recognize that he has not ruined them but he raised them in such a way where they were never able to become real people. Mm -hmm. You know, as kids, they were not just superheroes, but celebrities. Mm -hmm. You know, they do the press circuit. You know, they're standing in front for photos and things. Um, The six kids who are part of the core team, you have Vanya, the one who we are led to believe doesn't have powers. She's always pushed to the side. And that's sort of like her thing. And you can sort of, from a zoomed out view, you can see like, oh, Reginald doesn't know how to raise kids. He doesn't actually have the skills to be a proper mentor. He sees them as... These fascinating oddities who can be spun into, I guess, a brand? Yeah, because Mm -hmm. they have comics. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, So, flash forward to them in their adulthood. They've all gone their separate ways. Mm -hmm. Um, One of them is a famous movie star. One of them is like a junkie. One of them has been on the moon. Um, Yeah. One's dead. But also, one of them can see the dead, so they they hang out around. That's
1: (laughs) cool. That's a nice. Okay. Yeah, and so
2: like it on its its face, it's very interesting. It has all the makings of something that could be fascinating, but. (laughs) Oh. <laughs> Here's the <back. laughs> the show plods, oh. plod, plod, plods, mm. and it does. It's interesting because we're coming um, up on a point where Netflix's like superhero, sh- like their Marvel superhero shows, are going to the wayside, right? Mm-hmm. And so, Umbrella Academy is like, oh well, they can still do superhero things. Let's see what's going on. Um, and there are a number of points throughout the series where it, it falls into a lot of the same traps in terms mm-hmm. of pacing. Um, there's a lot of showing rather than telling. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm Allison. I'm the rumor. If I tell you something that's mm-hmm. not true, it will become true. And so, okay, Ooh, that's just, fun. That's, that's her thing. power. It's yeah. fun. Wait, I love that. Show it to me. Don't explain it. Right. Like, Don't like, give me a lecture. Right, right, right. All of the flaws that make them interesting in the books are there, but they're not really mined in a way, at least at first, that that really makes you connect to any of them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The good thing about this show, mm. and the thing that I was drawn to in this show, because I'm not a sci-fi person, mm. I'm not a comic person, yeah. so yeah. this show really isn't for me mm. in any way. But like, I I did notice that it's like structured well, like great cliffhangers at the end of every episode. Mm-hmm. I understand why people could be drawn to the show, even if this isn't necessarily their bag, mm-hmm. because like, who can imagine higher stakes than the end of the world? I already said that, but it's but it's true. But one thing that bugs me about this type of show. I think just anything about time traveling, with the exception of about time, mm. the movie, which I will defend at the end. Yes, is that, <laughs> that <movie. laughs> is that <laughs> not to go, you know, a complete one eighty? Oh, but we can talk m- about that. Movies about time. movies and, and any sort of like art about time travel fundamentally have these flaws mm-hmm. and these rules that sort of blow up the stakes, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. So like at the end of the at the end of the show, uh, spoilers, mm-hmm. Megan. Fine, um, you ready. certainly don't care. I will um, watch one
1: episode now. Uh,
0: the the apocalypse finally comes. Thank they God. understand what causes it. It is Ellen Page's Vanya character. Okay. Also,
2: can and, we take a moment to just appreciate yeah. what her powers are? So all of the so. kids have like wild, weird. They're not. They're mm-hmm. they're they're not like traditional cool superhero. Okay. Like, powers. rumor
1: sounds like an amazing yeah. hellish Rumor's power to and to rumor have. is like
2: very important. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. 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 Um, you've got Space Boy. Okay. Um, who is just super strong as a child, but okay. then he gains a, a gorilla's upper body. What? Comics, don't okay, worry about okay. it. It just I'm is not what it is. Okay. Seance can see the dead. Perfect. So Ben, the horror. Yes. Anyway, let's get to Ellen Page. Yeah. Her. So
1: her. So she's Vanya. Vanya, she's Vanya. Okay.
2: She. You learn that you know she'd been drugged her whole life because she's the most powerful of the seven of Obviously. them. Obviously. Obviously. And her ability is not clearly defined. It has something to do with sound. I was going to ask you this what? because I wasn't. You're, not, sh- I was you're that- not sure if it's vibrational energy, if okay. she's just making things vibrate at a certain frequency. Yeah, but... Stored energy or right. something. At certain point, she's moving things with her mind. Oh, it's sometime. one of
1: those like catch-all mm, it's kind a ca- of... Right. She's, go.
2: she's okay. got MacGuffin powers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then by the end, her her musical talent has become so powerful the that she can, she can fling beams of white light and then <laughs> bleaches her entire tuxedo what? white. <laughs> She's in a white violin. In a white beautiful. violin. And her siblings are just like, Vanya, wishes. no. Wait a minute. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then, and then, right? Is it after they stop her or before oh. I forget? No, they stop her. They stop her. And they but think they, it's all done. they think it's done. And then <laughs> a beam of light shoots from out of her and hits the moon. What? The right? Moon? And yeah. Like in the, the sky? Moon. Like if that, like oh, If a ceiling opened up yeah. and the moon was there, yeah. it just hit the moon. And, then, oh. and their siblings are like, oh, yeah. it'll be fine, it'll be fine. It but, won't be fine. But then, like, chunks of the moon come out. And they're like, yes. oh, fuck. The world is going to This end. is the
0: apocalypse that was predicted at the beginning of the show. Whoa.
2: And interestingly enough, this is where the series deviates from the comics. Because in
0: the oh. comics, they stop that. Um, I would hope so. Yeah. Oh. Seems bad. Okay, well, this is... And that's what bothered me. So it's like, if if you're playing with time in this way, if nothing matters, then why do I care? Why do you, you know? care? Like, what? especially by the end, when this gigantic thing that they've been trying... This calamity that they've been trying right. to stop... For eight episodes, just happens, and they say do over. Right, and they go back in time. Especially to try to stop because it.
2: the do over comes at a point in the series where the emotional connections between the characters finally start to feel like something. As mm. good as the entire cast, it's like big casts are always like a tricky situation. Yeah. just because you have it's 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 um it's a puzzle. How do you put together this story in a way that mm. highlights everyone and still comes together into something? Yeah. My biggest critique for the show in the beginning is like. It spends too much time trying to explain everyone individually and never really, oh. you never really get the sense. You never, you don't have a chance to get the sense of what their dynamic as, as a, family. a family is yeah. like. Right. And there's also this really heartbreaking and fantastic moment where you learn that one of the main ways that Hargreaves was able to convince Vanya that she was normal as mm-hmm. a child was by asking Allison, her sister, to mm-hmm. repeatedly lie to her. Thank you. That's why she believes she doesn't have power. Right, because as a in flashbacks, you see that there were there he did attempt to train her the way that. He, he did like, her siblings, right. but she, she just couldn't control it, and then ended up locking her in like a soundproof like That's, bunker. It's real fucked up. She's too powerful, right? She's Ellen mean, Page, and obviously. The, and then to deal with presumably with like the trauma of being a young girl being locked in a basement in a sure. metal tube, <laughs> you know, they bring her sister down to like you know try to I wipe say. it away, and then once Manya learns this as an adult, there's this really great scene between Ellen Page and Amy Raver Lampman where. You see, you know, that sisterly bond. Mm -hmm. Um, Allison is trying to tell Vanya, like, I love you. Mm -hmm. I did not understand what I was doing. We were children. Right. And Vanya, you know, understandably is just, you know, super, not just pissed, but she feels betrayed and I could have been a part of everything that you guys had. Mm -hmm. I could have felt like a part of... Um, this team, I feel like it's in that same episode
0: where no, it's, yeah, it's in the episode after. Well, she kills Allison and the death of Allison. Yet another thing where it's like I can't even be sad about the death of Allison right. because we're just going to start back over again. Right?
2: That's right, annoying. Right. I mean, to be fair, all like all of my criticisms aside, it's not a bad show. Okay. Right? I would. It's there are like there are there are terrible superhero shows out there totally. that I just can't watch, and this yeah. is not one of them. Like, oh, that's if you good. Even if you're not a fan, even if it's, it's not necessarily a genre you're interested it's in, it's not. Yeah, it's but... something that is watchable. But okay. Yeah. Um, I love watchable. Yeah, but it is there. There are just times where I just like I, I'm like I can see what you're going for. I can mm. see I can see another version of this that's yeah. better.
0: Um, but enough about Umbrella Academy. Yes, let's move on. Let's move on to to the subject of romance. Uh, romance is that what you call? <laughs> um, what yeah, happens let's talk about dating program. around. Ugh, what dating a program. around. <laughs> Megan, can you explain the the premise of dating around? The I new mean... six episode um, reality dating show that is unlike any reality dating show I've ever seen in my life.
1: It is a beautiful program. There is one dater. Mm -hmm. There are five dates. The dater goes on all of these dates. The dater picks someone to get a second date. That is basically it.
0: It's a beautifully (laughs) edited It's gorgeous. The editing editing
1: is like... I I mean...
0: I think that that was the first thing that... I was really drawn to in this show because it seems like dating shows are, have been in like a dime a dozen since you know the, the middle of the century. But like specifically yeah. in my life since MTV, mm. you know, totally like, these, like like Next. next. Yes, I was thinking next. like this is just like Prestige Next. It's yeah, beautiful, it's yes. shot in twenty four frames
2: per I second. Loved, oh, my oh my god, god. Like I loved a, Next.
1: A
0: really like extreme widescreen yes. too. Like you have got whatever that ratio is. Like I was like nice cinematic shots of people lounging. It's beautiful, everyone yeah, filmed <laughs> at night good. in New York.
1: Beautiful Williamsburg. Yeah, but I but they
0: but they beautiful Williamsburg so much of this wherever they live they're ending up in Williamsburg I got awful a Um, nightmare but they the way that the show edits these dates together which all happen across five nights yeah did you you look this did you read these stories
1: I did not I mean I assumed like after I watched the first episode I was like okay this is not one, obviously yeah. this is not one night. This poor person is wearing the same outfit five times. In it's like the Bake summer, Off. It's it looks weird like. though. Like in Bake yeah. Off where
0: they have to wear the same clothes every day yeah. to make it seem like, like they, they do just, it all in one yeah, day. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I was fooled by the illusion. Yeah, and we're fooled by this too. Yeah. Five nights yep. and then at the end they they are told to pick their number two person, their number two date. Sometimes that doesn't happen. Yep. Sometimes they choose themselves. Yep. And then they sh- have one final shoot where they like meet them at the second date. Like at mm. a
1: random, like But the way that so the show Ties
0: all of this footage together. It's like, it like we laughed about Bohemian Rhapsody earlier, like how terribly edited that yeah. movie is, but this show is the it's complete masterful. opposite of that. It's, it's amazing. It, it seems like a like a like a masterclass. I'm sorry. In did that. we
2: watch the? Did we watch different shows? I couldn't tell how much of it was. Is this editing that is designed to sort of highlight the awkwardness in oh, those moments where people aren't talking? Because there were yeah. so many moments where people were just yeah. like,
1: just like, Duh. just like. <gasps>
2: And it's like, okay, well, were you, like were you, were you, at were were you or in? Whatever, and yeah. it, not even in the car, but like uh. during the day. It was like, were yeah. you in between a thought here, or did, <laughs> or, like, or did what? the energy literally like fall <laughs> down? Right. And so I wasn't, and I feel like that's purposeful. You're not really mm. supposed to understand. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I ended up binging this on a plane and mm-hmm. thought to my, and I came Oof. away thinking my, to myself like, trapped. these are designed to almost sort of reflect what it's like to feel like you're lost in the monotony of dating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The repetition. Yeah.
0: I used a lot of reality shows as background noise you know mm.
2: same and
0: really and yeah. dating around I felt like I had to be pay attention, attention mm. because I had to because like, I was like who is this person who's annoying Sarah who is this person Ugh. Sarah is annoying like like <laughs> right. all of these things I had to be very focused mm. on it and every episode flew by and yeah. I think mm. and I was and I just see that in, in the editing the way that these really long dates were mm-hmm. just condensed into and
2: it's also I think it's because there's no direction like, there's no. Yeah, so direction. like dating shows will tell you and here are daters you oh know? yeah yeah. And, and this were, is much more like, it's almost sort of, you are in the position of someone who's like at the table next to them, like watching these people yeah. on a date. Yeah, And you're just like, oh, how's this oh, going to work out? It was
0: very awkward, voyeuristic. So We've good. been there, like, yeah. where we can't even talk to the person we're at the restaurant with. Because you're so just, just like too listening. Busy. Mm-hmm. Listening to the terrible first date that Gurky was on. Ugh, What's his name? Josh? <laughs> the worst man in New York City. The worst City. man
1: in New York City. I think his name was Josh. The Gurky episode, I really enjoyed. The first episode, what was that guy's name? Luke?
0: Luke, yes. Um, And he he chose. He he chose Victoria. Oh, right. You know that episode? Which is like, what? Yeah,
1: I which mean, one was Victoria? The, the
0: blonde red? who was like,
1: "I'm so annoying." Oh, no, that's so right. annoying. That one sucks. <laughs> what did she? I thought so good for good. I thought
0: she was okay. I
1: appreciated good for them to end up together. I
0: appreciated the openness. Yeah, I I liked
2: <laughs> I I was super turned off by the jersey girl who's just like, oh, "This her? is me." Oh, I enjoyed oh, yeah. her. I'm brassy. Like, oh, uh, I like and it's like, "Okay. I liked like you brought an you cool. bought a like an I'm a boss
0: t-shirt at like Hot Topic."
2: Yeah, she
1: did. She had her. I liked her little red jumpsuit.
0: I was like, okay, girl. the jumpsuit was cute." I was watching it with captions on at one point because I was watching something else with captions and never turned them off. I always like, watch <laughs> TV. Her with captions, captions had a lot of like lips smacking. Yes. Like smacks yes, lips. Yes. And I loved yeah, I
1: love it. You have to taste it. Get a air yeah. in there. Oh, like, oh, I love it. I know I enjoyed her. I,
0: I think my favorites well, Gurky's ending was. An instantly iconic thing. Like everyone was like, "Well, wait to episode two. Episode one is a little rough, but episode two, you'll understand the point of the show." And Gurki, after five terrible dates, chooses herself. Gurki chose herself, and at the end, instead of like finding a man on the corner of like Park and whatever, whatever. whatever. right? And the way that they were chosen was uh, in the interview with the showrunners. They she was interviewed about it, and she was saying that like, well, she worked on. The Bachelor shows, okay, and so she's worked in dating shows, and yeah. she knows that when you put out a casting call for people, you're going to get a very particular type of person. Right. Totally. And so it's like if you want people who don't want to be on television, you're not going to find them on casting calls. So no. they were actually going around New York, going to places oh. and approaching oh. random people. I was people. wondering
1: how they handled the casting because when you
0: solicit it, you're gonna get you're the gonna person get, who wants to be on. Yeah, television, you're gonna which get like a Bachelor reject. Why the show was filled with people who looked very uncomfortable on television? Yes. Yeah. Like, like even the most like if you saw like some of like the the beautiful people on this show looked uncomfortable where it's like they are the ones who we've been conditioned to see on bachelor where it's like oh they're like schemers they're conniving they want to be here totally everyone looked a little weird and it it was easier to see yourself in all of them
2: you saying that makes me look back and reflect on i like coming away from this i thought to myself like all these people are really bad at first dates yeah you know what i mean i feel like i i it's been a while since I was single. Same. But like I remember what it's like to you you, you feel somebody out and yeah. you have that energy and you have that vibe with them and no one really had like organic patter yeah. in, a, in a way that would necessitate or justify like a second date in my mind totally. and so to see them just sort of like rise up triumphant out of the subway and be like you're the one I'm like yeah. why? Like how? Yeah. Like um, the Lex
0: um, Lex and Corey chose Corey who was, was not who I expected Oh I didn't No I'm like was, oh no yeah. you're going for movie phone dude Movie like, phone, you touch, phone dude You touched <laughs> his <laughs> hair Who, who among <laughs> us did not google movie, <laughs> phone, <laughs> movie, I was movie like, phone gay <laughs> guy I was like, movie phone gay
1: guy. I was like, holy shit.
0: I mean, I, I looked up so many different versions and I could not find the him anywhere. Yeah. I was like, did he lie about movie phone? Because <laughs> movie phone was founded in the 70s and I don't I appreciate this guy. Yes. I was like, this guy might be a scammer. I was very Which is maybe out. why he wasn't chosen because his was scam right was I mean, But I, I really like, my favorite episode was Leonard. The weight of their lives was like an extra character in the show yeah. in the way that it wasn't, it wasn't a character in the Young People episode. Right. Right. Where it was like these people who were dealing with like loss mm-hmm. and and, you know, decades of being in relationships, mm-hmm. of like seeking out relationships. And so it just it it added an an element of I don't know, like melancholy to the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. And like it was it was sad in a way that I um, sad and hopeful in a mm-hmm. way that I'm very drawn to, like my
2: favorite <laughs> genre of things. We don't see enough narratives about like love later in life. That's
1: true. You know, it we very don't.
2: much, especially like you know, we're all youngs here, but someday, <laughs> you that, know, we'll be old. We'll eventually. be old, and like people are living yeah. longer, and this is this is something that people really <laughs> do need to start considering. Yeah, like Christ. you may outlive your partner. Oh my god, this got really morbid. I know, but, I'm like, Ugh. Yeah, but it's it's a real part of life yeah. that needs to be reflected in pop culture mm-hmm. more, be it through you know fictional narratives or through reality TV, and mm-hmm. to see it done so. Mm, like not voyeuristically, just, yeah. This is really it was sort kind. of treated with respect. Yeah. It was yeah. like
0: fantastic.
1: I could watch this show for um, the rest of my life. It's so much better than like the batch, like it any is. other. Well,
0: the bachelor try the bachelor treats us like idiots. The bachelor yeah. makes right. us- thinks that we're going to believe that this relationship is going to work out when the precedent is that it always like th- it fails right. immediately right, 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 right. Yeah. afterwards. And, and this show knows, like, this show is too smart to say anything definitive. It's just mm-hmm. like, yeah. they got a second date.
1: Yeah.
2: That's it. I like looked at it as like, hey, this show is about whether or not these people are going to hook up the stakes are relatively low yeah. Mm-hmm. which I feel I wonder Super I wonder state. but I wonder how much that was like operant in the participants minds like it's, it's oh. not like it's not like it's yeah. not it is low stakes it's not The Bachelor mm-hmm. it's not if it doesn't work out between you and whoever yeah. you're not going to be on the front of a tabloid tomorrow no you're yeah. just
1: going to go back to like your life, your life as a whatever down in yeah. Down
2: exactly but I
0: will say like now that we have this first now that we have this first season I'm not convinced that mean if they make more yeah i'm not convinced that the other ones will ever be as pure as this one. no right because Because there was like everyone was caught off guard here i had no idea what to expect and i'm sure that no one thought that there would be you know scores of articles written about them like who's your favorite like like i saw like a fuck mary kill of (laughs) the dating around contestants and it's like i bet they didn't expect it it like you're getting one episode it's just a date it doesn't matter right like we all end up getting emotionally attached to these people whether or not it's whether it's 20 minutes or two hours or a season of television like, right mm, and unfortunately we...
1: yeah and the way that like things work now is that you could do one episode of something and you could be you know as annoying as Sarah or as charming as Leonard and then you are somehow in some pocket somewhere a meme or something for like the rest of your days yeah.
3: right you're a very sweet person thank you um you know you have a lot of charisma um but yeah best of luck to you right thank you I'll take care
1: good i'm gonna go
0: home and masturbate last week i had a brief chat with the screenwriter of high flying bird who won an oscar for his screenplay for moonlight a couple years ago terrell alvin mccraney and we talked about high flying bird we talked about roma and we talked about what's next on his list so let's listen to that how did high flying bird fall into your lap um how how was it the the follow-up to the screenwriter of moonlight's Oscar win.
3: Um, High flying bird. I think we started it about four years ago um, in conversation, and so you know, um, even even the, the greatest augurer or um, oracle would not have been able to tell us what Moonlight was going to do. Moonlight was an independent film that Barry um, was shooting and filming at the time, and we, you know, and Andre was a part of it. Um, and, we, and when we cast Andre, I was like, yeah, it's great because I'm working with Andre on other things, and so. The truth be told, Moonlight, High Flying Bird, all of the the television show I'm working on, the plays, they're always just a, they're always works that are happening at the same time usually, and they just mature at different rates. And so Moonlight just happened to come out of the gate when it came out. Again, nobody on our side could have forewarned of the great success Moonlight has been, um, and it continues to be. And so, in the middle of that, I was also working on something else called High Blind Bird, which, you know, literally while we're on we were on press tour, Andre and I would be having conversations about the script and working on it. So it wasn't necessarily like, oh, I have this plan; it's gonna work out this way. It was more so, you know, finishing what we started, and just happened to come out, you know, two years post post a, a, a best picture win.
0: I, I watched an interview where you mentioned that it was Andre, speaking of Andre, who first gave you a copy of The Revolt of the Black Athlete. Um, That's true. And it sort of struck me that you were doing the same thing for the audience of this film. Like it, it's a movie that ends with a homework assignment in a way where Zazie Beats gets the book and she says, you need to read this almost to the camera. Can you just, it's like a like in, in a weird pay it forward sort of way. Can you just talk about the significance of the book to you and how that sort of evolved from when Andre gave it to you to how it became this crucial element of the film?
3: One of the reasons why Zazie says that at the end of the film is because for the majority of the time, I think a lot of people watching the film can think, yeah, this is about getting a player, uh, Eric Scott played by uh, Melvin Gregg to think outside the box. And what's interesting is that Andre and, and myself at some point come up with the understanding that Eric Scott is a player. He's, he's the way the industry has been set up for the past, you know, 20 years has, you know, uh, made it so that young boys like him train up and they come to the industry and they do exactly, you know, what he wants to do, which is get on the court, make you know, make whatever money he makes, and you know, retire with some name in a in glory. And that's great. That's good. Um there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, Spence and Ray both say, I ain't mad at him for that. But the real disruptors are the women. <laughs> the real disruptors are um the people who get it. The people who get what Ray's trying to say are are women. Are you know um, Jamero um, Umber's mom gets it. Um, Myra gets it. Um, Sam gets it. And so she's sitting there reading and the whole time she's been saying like, you know, you use these platforms for X, you know, with Instagram and the age of information, people don't even own their own image anymore. How's that possible? Um, licensing, She's talking to Myra about licensing rights, you know, for apparel. Again, things that we all have i mean go through your trunk go through your go through your your closet tell me you don't have one pair of basketball shorts or um a sweat that has some team logo on it i mean there's a whole industry and commodity made uh, field where, that is benefiting off of these people doing extraordinary things and again there's nothing wrong with that but at the same time it's like the folks who are in it sometimes don't know just how how skewed and how, how much industry is being made off of their labor. And Sam is sitting there reading this book, and here are all the ways in which Black folks have used their platforms for change, especially their athletic platform for change. And how even until this day, 2019, marking the first Africans taken from the continent and brought to this continent enslaved, here is this book chronicling how that revolt has been going on, still goes on, flares up. He talks about it in cycles. He talks about sometimes, you know, people, some something will happen and will galvanize Colin Kaepernick. Something, someone will speak out and will, will galvanize around that person, um uh Muhammad Ali. Someone will will say no or talk back, and we will, you know, there'll be a new a new understanding of what misogyny and um misogynoir are in the field, Serena Williams. I mean, like there are moments where we we watch the cycles of this this um, activism happen, particularly on black bodies. And it, it is it's deeply connected to a tradition in in the United States that, that we've got to pay attention to. We want forward motion. We've got to f- uh, focus on. And now that focus has got to stop being on, quote unquote, the men. And we have to look at these very strong activists who are women who are creating things. I mean, the Black Lives Matter movement was started by three queer women. Um, the and, Me Too movement, too. And the Me Too movement. Again, we, but we don't focus on that, right? We focus on like, wait, well, you know, Colin Kaepernick's not got a job, in these kneeling. It's like, yes, that's great and that's wonderful. But I bet you if you go around Colin's inner circle, you find a whole bunch of young women or women in general who are aiding him and giving him advice and strategy. Um, and so that was really important for, for us um, to see uh, Zazie work in that way. Because she's the one who's done the most movement in the entire film. And only when you watch it on the second time do you go, wow, she went from being assistant number one to be, you know, to basically running the players' association, and now she's got this book in her hand. What will she do next?
0: Have you have you spoken to Dr. Edwards at all about about the book? I know it just had its 50th anniversary, and I went to his Twitter account, and he seemed very excited about the film.
3: I've always spoken to him peripherally, and I've said things like, "Thank you so much," and you know, it's "Very nice to meet you," and you know, "Your work is great." Andre and him have a closer. A working relationship which again you know feels respectful for to me because you, what you don't want to do is sort of keep dragging a person like this through uh those works over and over again his work is is paramount enough that you don't really have to go back and re- you know what one of the things that drives me nuts as a writer is like people will read your script and then ask you 70,000 questions about the same script that they just read and you'll be like but it's on page three you know so what's great is that he's got all the information you want is right there and for us, it was really, for me, I won't say for us, but for me, it was very validating to hear him, to see him see a thing, um, see the work, and then, you know, respond so positively.
0: That's, correct me if I'm wrong, that's a line in the film. Andre calls it the Bible, I think. So it's yeah. like, imagine another piece of writing that is kind of unimpeachable. Like, you don't question it, you just, it's there. Yeah. I mean, this was incredibly helpful, but I have one more question. I don't want to take too much more of your time. Oh, good. Just to throw it back to the podcast itself, is there anything you've seen on Netflix lately? It could be an original, whatever, a film, a TV show that you've just been really surprised by that you recommend, you know, to strangers right now? Huh,
3: well, Russian Doll. Is that everybody? Everybody's saying that. So I should find it somewhere else. There.
0: If it's the truth, then that's great.
3: To be fair, I'm one of those likes to go back and watch the same thing over and over again
0: um oh yeah me too
3: there's an episode of stranger things that i'm like (laughs) i love this i need to watch this again so i can't remember the name of it right now but i'm sure because i just scroll and go that's the one i'm gonna see that again um um, but i love stranger things and i can't believe we've been so long without it um that's a little annoying but that's not that's not me complaining that's just me going just wish were here. Was there an, oh, I saw Roma, and that was, that was heartbreakingly gorgeous. Me and The Crown spent a little time together, maybe too much time together.
0: (laughs) And there are only, you know, like five seasons left of that.
3: Yeah, but like, but Claire isn't coming back. So that's crazy. Oh, yeah. Which is, that's, I mean, that's great. That's great. It's great. It's great. (laughs) I'm not, it's not a problem. It's great. But... (laughs) But you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I love Claire. I who love is the moment. who
0: is aging? They're aging her up. I already forgot who's playing the older queen. I
3: don't know. I haven't seen it yet. I mean, I haven't. Se- I've just not looked at it because I'm like, it's going to happen and I'll just look at it when it happens. Um, but, you know, there's this great feature. On- what I'm really obsessed with is that there's this great feature on Netflix. And I think it's called um, One More Time or like.
0: Watch it again. Do it again
3: watch it again
0: that's that's my favorite category on netflix just stuff i've already seen
3: me (laughs) me too it's like i can go back and be like she's gotta have it for nine more times and like you know um yeah so that yeah um well i
0: really appreciate you talking to me and uh i love the film so uh have a great one have a good weekend
3: oh thanks thanks so much
0: So, with that, I think we're done for today. Okay. Thank you, Megan and Charles, for coming in. Thank you.
1: Thank you. This was really fun. This was great.
0: This was really fun. Um, What are you going to watch when you get home?
1: Um, I'm going to watch Escape from the Continent. I'm going to put it on <laughs> while I finish working. It's perfect background. It's perfect background television. Yeah. What about you? I think
2: I'm actually going to start watching Norseman. People keep oh. recommending it to Wait, me. Who's that? Who's that? I have no Who idea. Is she? Um, is she Netflix
0: or is she something else? In
2: 790 A.D., the Vikings oh of Norheim have a hectic schedule it, that what, includes another really? one of
1: that. I'm sorry, <laughs> the Vikings that includes it.
0: pillaging, plundering, <laughs> and enslaving others.
1: Wow, they are really busy.
0: I thought hectic schedules were a purely con. Contemporary, Me, like, modern no. thing. His,
1: like, rune, Do like... Do you find
2: it difficult to pillage the village next to you? Oh, uh, you're a modern Norseman. Like <laughs> His, like, rune
1: day planner is just looked yeah. every day, like, pillage, rape, like, enslaved, like, check. I mean, that sounds fun the Opening of
0: you. 2001, like, they're like, we've got a hectic schedule. I've got all these bones. I gotta... This is wild. So we all have hectic schedules. Thank you so much for being on here talking about (laughs) Umbrella Academy and dating around. Um, We will see you in two weeks. Thank you for listening to I'm Obsessed With This. Goodbye.